Madam Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, I would like to see if there are any uh, agenda changes that any of our colleagues would like to propose. Seeing none, um, Madam Clerk, please call item number two. Item number two is findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2481-940-8777, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please press star three to line up to speak, and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item, and the system indicates that you have been unmuted. That is your time to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you. Um, so, oops, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. So, under the California state law, the commission needs to make findings um, because of the COVID-19 public health emergency order. Um, so, let's, uh, Ma Madam Clerk, do I, do I need to sort of uh, dive deep into this whole COVID-19 public emergency? I don't um, believe so. we've made those findings before. This is a recurring uh, item that we have to do every 30 days. So we can take public comment. Thank you. Okay, so members of the public wish to provide public comment, please press star three now to line up to speak. Mr. Ignau is checking to see if we have any callers on the line. Please let us know if we have any callers who are ready. It doesn't, it appears we have no uh, public commenters for this item. Great, seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Uh, is there a motion to do we need to approve the findings too, or do we? Are we? We can actually move on. Uh, it is actually a resolution you guys need to approve, so I need a mover and a second to approve the resolution itself. Great. Uh, may I have a motion to approve these findings? Motion to approve these findings. And a second. Uh, second. All right. On the motion to approve item number two, the resolution. <clears throat> As uh, so Commissioner Mar. Aye. Mar, aye. Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Great. The motion moved by Commissioner Mar and second by Commissioner Fielder. Without objection, this finding is uh, approved. Madam Clerk, could you please call item number three? And Madam Chair, just to uh, clarify, the mover was Commissioner Fielder and seconded by Commissioner Mar. Yeah, thank you. Of wow. course, item number three is approval of the LAFCO minutes from the October 15th, 2021 regular meeting. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001 now. Meeting ID 2481-940-8777, then pound and pound again. Please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. We will call for public comment and then when your line indicates that you have been unmuted, you may begin your comments, Madam Chair. Great, uh, any changes uh, to the minutes, commissioners? Great, seeing no changes, uh, please do open up this to public comment. Mr. Ignau is checking to see if they, we have any callers in the queue. Please let us know if we have any callers already. For, if you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the queue. 
It appears we have no public commenters, Madam Chair. Great. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? Uh, so moved. May we have a second? Commissioner Fuller, you want to give it a second? <laughs> I'm not really. Great. <laughs> uh, moved by Commissioner Marr and second by uh, Commissioner Fuller. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Yes, on item number three, as stated, Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Great. The motion is approved. Madam Clerk, can you please call item number four? Yes, item number four is a chairperson's report. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment should call 415-655-0001. Meeting ID 2481-940-8777. Then pound and pound again. Please press star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. When you have been unmuted, then you may begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Well, colleagues, uh... Uh, I am so pleased today to announce that LAFCO will soon have a new executive officer and a policy analyst, uh, both starting next January, January 2022. Uh, as you can see from today's agenda, we're appointing uh, Jeremy Polak from, uh, as our LAFCO executive officer. Jeremy sat on the interview panel for the, uh, for the public bank policy analyst, and the panel has selected uh, Khalid Samare. Um, so, and I guarantee you, I'm going to learn this name at, like uh, one day. So uh, I would also like to note that uh, today's meeting is our last LAFCO meeting of the year. Uh, in the new year, though, I do look forward to really uh, hammer out some of our agenda, um, thinking about uh, both Clean Power SF and Public Bank and, um, and really continuing some of the work that especially Commissioner Marr has worked on around jobs and, and justice and gig workers um, and, and hope that we can move some of those agenda forward. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it's I'm so grateful to have Commissioner Marr's uh, leadership on this uh, commission and to really like continue to, uh, as of now, he is like the only one with all the institutional knowledge um, before uh, I, I took office and, and came to LACO and that he has been um, really a great support to really help us. Uh, and, and because of his questioning and attention to details along, especially around the Clean Power SF uh, initiatives that kind of can continue us can kind of help us to continue our agenda in 2021. So I look forward to learn more and, and be better uh, as a chair of the commission uh, in 2022. But I, I, I'm so excited to welcome Commissioner Fielder to be part of this commission as well, just with her expertise and her advocacy in our community. And that I am also grateful you know, to have her uh, being part of the commission and also teach me and educate me on many issues that I 
lack expertise, especially public bank. And we definitely need to move that agenda forward as well, uh, especially in 2022. There's a lot of work um, needs to be done. Um, so that also leads to how excited I am uh, having uh, Jeremy on board as our executive officer. Executor, we're all going to miss executive officer global quite a bit, but it is so good to have uh, Jeremy uh, with his expertise as well. Uh, I I didn't have the good fortune to be on the interviewing panel, uh, but uh, with the colleague, it, but seems like the colleagues on the interviewing panel agree that, you know, Jeremy really truly is the best candidate uh, for this job. And so we're grateful to have him on board. Um, his expertise with, you know, uh, and experience as an aide to the board of supervisors, uh, especially with Supervisor John Avalos, who actually also worked on public bank. Uh, and uh, Clean Power SF uh, issues. So it's great to have someone like that to have the institutional memory and knowledge uh, to continue um, some of those work with us on the commission as our executive officer. Uh, while I have not had a chance uh, to meet uh, Khalid, but I am uh, and uh, look forward to working with Khalid uh, on public bank as well. So with that, I uh, just wanted to see if colleagues you have um, any comments that you would like to share during this time? Um, just the floor is yours. Um, I'll well, I'll just take this opportunity to thank you, um, uh, Chair Chan, just for stepping up um, to lead LAFCO um, this year. And um, yeah, I think really have appreciated the, you know, the 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 strategic. Um, 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 thinking and, and leadership you you brought to LAFCO, and um, and and your and your bold bold uh, commitment to to um, um, all the important work you know that that LAFCO is engaged in. So thank you, and I'm really excited about yeah the coming year with um, Commissioner Fielder joining us and the, and the new staff team. So yes, really excited. Thank you so much, Commissioner Mar. Commissioner Fielder. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Chan for those kind words. And thank you both also to um, Commissioner Marr. This is my first meeting. Um, so it's been a warm welcome. Thank you to the clerk staff as well for making sure that my uh, transition has been as smooth as possible. I'm very excited to hear that Jeremy Pollock will be um, the executive here at LAFCO. And I know we'll do a great job of carrying the Clean Power SF work and, and public bank work forward. Excited to um, meet Khalif and in that new position. Um, and overall, just very grateful for your leadership, Commissioner Chan. And uh, it sounds like we have a really solid team for the next while. Thank you, Commissioner Fielder. Um, this is great. Like we're we're right before the holidays, we we get to have this moment. And uh, uh, Madam Clerk, just want to check to see if there are any members of the public wish to speak on this item. Thank you, Madam Chair. DT is checking to see if we have any callers who are in the queue. Mr. Ignal, if you could please let us know if there are any callers who are ready. If you have not already done so, please press star three now to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. It does not appear to, uh, that we have any callers in the queue. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, there's no action to take on this item. Uh, so please, could you call item number five? 
Yes, item number five is a presentation on the city's climate policies. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please call 415-655-0001 now. Meeting ID 2481-940-8777, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please continue to wait until we call for public comment and your line indicates that you have been unmuted. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I want to mention quickly that the public comments is closed, <laughs> seeing no public comments for item number four. And moving on to item five, that I want to say it is my pleasure to introduce to you Ashley Garrity, uh, a Coral Fellow uh, who was placed with LAFCO this fall. Ashley worked closely with our former Executive Officer Brian Gobo and uh, my great staff, I, which I really couldn't have done this LAFCO without her, is Kelly Grove. This report, this report stems from stakeholders act, uh, who are active in the climate uh, space uh, and let questions and have questions about like our city's climate action plantation and how our city um, measures its progress on climate actions policy. Um, and, and really about how a new proposed reporting and monitoring system can really make our city more accountable and transparent to the public. Um, we're also looking into, you know, policies that could be written with deeper engagement from community and labor uh, organizations. So now I'll turn the floor over to Ashley and just want to make sure Ashley is here and able to share the slide. Hi, Ashley. Hi, can you all hear me? Mm -hmm. Please go Great. ahead. The floor is yours. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen now. And can you all see the presentation? Yes, we do. Awesome. All right. So hello, my name is Ashley Garrity. I'm a Coro Fellow in Public Affairs. And in September and October, I had the pleasure of being a research fellow at SF LAFCO, working very closely with former executive officer Brian Goebel. As Supervisor Chan had said, I produced a memo on the implementation and enforcement of San Francisco's climate policies. All right, so to summarize, this project came about because Supervisor Chan and stakeholders in the climate space asked the questions, how does the city implement climate action policies and measure its progress? How will the new, new reporting and monitoring system increase transparency and accountability? And how will these policies include deeper engagement with community and labor organizations? We spoke with 14 departments over three weeks and asked them these questions above, as well as questions around, how does your department approach the implementation of climate action policies and what challenges does your department face? My main takeaways from my time with LAFCO and with this report are that there is an abundance of motivated staff who want to address the city's climate action challenges and the challenges that they face in implementing climate action are largely around a need for greater funding and resources and dedicated staff time, as well as a need for a centralized vision from city leaders to help them move forward these policies. So a little background on the city's climate. San Francisco is a leader in many areas and climate is just one of them. In 2004, they released their first climate action plan. And since then, successful policies have, 
happened around the areas of greenhouse gases, zero waste, and toxic reductions. The updated climate action plan, which is set to be released this fall, was developed with greater stakeholder input, with updated science, and with much more rigorous data backing the policies and recommendations. There are 98 strategies and actions in the six key sectors of energy supply, transportation, housing, building operations, responsible production and consumption, and healthy ecosystems. A successful implementation of this plan is still in the works and will require coordinated and deliberate actions from, the, from city leaders. So when we were talking to these department leaders, the main challenges that we heard were around funding and resources. There's a limited funding specifically dedicated to climate. So leaders working within this space to try to push forward climate action faced challenges in securing specific resources. When we think about the implementation of the next iteration of the climate action plan, a centralized vision and centralized discussions will help the, the department leaders understand which policies need to be prioritized as well as the resource and budget allocations for these policies. And then thinking about equity and just transition, over the course of the implementation, there's going to be a, need to be a lot of infrastructure that is built in order to help train local workers in, in these new technologies as we transition. For example, electrification of buildings is already happening and there needs, there's already some training being done for local contractors in this transition, and there will need to be more. SFE has created the framework for a climate equity hub, which will serve as a centralized resource center, which will help contractors, tenants, and property owners un better understand how to train their workers in order to create these transitions. This is not yet funded, but if funded, it will serve as a centralized resource. So moving on to my recommendations, that came out of these discussions that we had with these 14 departments. The first one is around funding. This was by and large the, the most common challenge that we heard and often the first challenge that came up. I recommend that the city explore funding SFE through the general fund. And as it currently stands, SFE relies on grants, work orders and refuse rates, which can be great because these grants and refuse rates bring in outside funding for climate policies. However, it leads to a system where SFE doesn't have stable and reliable funding and isn't as responsive to the public and to city leaders in their climate action policies. So this is just a short list of what could happen with greater and more stable funding for, um, for SFE. This, they could vastly increase their capacity to implement and enforce current ordinances they can fairly compensate community-based organizations as well as their already existing staff for the time that they spend on these climate policies and also work on ordinances concurrently. One challenge that they have is that at their current capacity, they can work through one climate ordinance at a time. And when we think about the Climate Action Plan, which has 98 ordinances, many of which will be led by SFE, that working through one at a time isn't going to be able to implement the climate action policy at the rate that the city really needs at this moment. So the next one, funding department and specific citywide initiatives. As I mentioned, the climate action plan is going to be um, largely 
led by SFE. However, many of the department-specific ordinances will require cross-departmental um, or department-specific work. Um, and funding these is going to be imperative for the implementation. And then this final point here is that policies are going to be the most effective if they include community-based organizations, community input, and recognize that community-led action that helps support the city's vision is going to create the strongest and most robust policies to creating a more sustainable San Francisco. So another recommendation is to centralize climate discussions and really communicate a cohesive city vision. Many of our interviewees expressed that they wish that there could be a centralized place or a centralized agency who facilitates climate discussions because as I had mentioned, many of these policies are cross-departmental and a more efficient way to do those conversations would be to have one facilitating body. SFB could serve as this facilitating body, but at the moment they don't have the capacity to increase their facilitation. And then um, departments wish that they, or would like to have more clearly defined roles and responsibilities for how to really implement climate action policies. And then finally, an idea that came about through conversations is to explore a division similar to the Office of Racial Equity housed within SFE that allows SFE to implement a citywide environmental framework, potentially on issues of equity and, um, and justice. And the Office of Racial Equity currently has the ability to implement a citywide equity framework and a similar program under SFE on the area of environment could really effectively help the city create a cohesive vision or see through their cohesive vision. On increasing department support, one challenge that we heard from many departments was that the previous reporting and monitoring system that required them to report greenhouse gas emissions was in some cases, especially in smaller departments, somewhat of a burden. And the, the new reporting and monitoring system is going to be more, more robust and is going to be largely led by SFE. And the previous GHG emissions requirement is no longer going to be uh, part of the system. However, there still should be room for departments to get more support in their, both in their reporting and monitoring and also in their climate policy drafting. One idea that came from a conversation with two separate departments was to create a climate coordinator position in every department. They, these two departments expressed that though they have experts in their field within their department, they don't have specific climate experts. So a stronger policy with, can be made by someone who has both expertise in the department's area and experience with the climate. So understanding how those two um, interact and work together. And then my final recommendation involves including the community. As I had mentioned, solutions are going to be the strongest when communities are at the center of the conversation and contribute meaningfully to these discussions. We spoke with labor advocacy organizations and asked them, what kind of metrics do you see as what a successful and equitable climate action plan 
looks like. And these are three ideas that they told us. The first is how do these policies and the city's more broadly policies prevent displacement and gentrification of residents? How does public transportation access every corner of the town and frequently? And how, does, how do these policies create access to good jobs for San Francisco residents? So in conclusion, this climate action policy is a really strong chance for the city to align its views and become a leader, well, more of a leader and an example for how large cities can implement equitable climate action. It's going to require a cohesive vision and a clear, clear steps for each of these departments and they really want to implement climate action. And I just wanna note that all of the research for this presentation and the conversations we had were before Mayor Breed's announcement on Climate SF. So a recommendation I have is to see how Climate SF and the plans align with the, the concerns and recommendations that these, these departments had that I found through the research. Great, thank you. Does that conclude your presentation? Yes. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I, I do have a quick question. So with the um, climate uh, action that she announced uh, this year, um, I, I, I last checked though, like uh, there was supposed to be a plan be posted on the website. I have yet to see the actual plan, and but I haven't checked recently. Um, do we know if the actual plan has been, has come forth and, and announced or like presented, I should say? Um, I, I am not aware. I haven't been able to uh, see anything. What I saw from Kelly was the, the press release. Yeah, and seen totally. anything else. Same here. So I, I, I'm actually very eager to, to see yeah. the actual plan. I know there was the announcement of the plan, but I, I, I haven't seen the actual plan. Um, so uh, I look forward to seeing the actual plan. Um, great. Colleagues, do you have any questions for Ashley? Oh, I see. Uh, Commissioner Schilder, please go ahead. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for this important research. I think it's, it's really helpful to understand. I know that there's a lot of conversations about what kinds of reports would be helpful, and um, it's helpful to know the gaps in coordination and it does make sense to me to consolidate some some sort of and fund a climate a climate hub um, with a much as much attention to equity as possible um, it's really hard to conceive of the city tackling its climate goals without um, being able to coordinate among different departments whether that's around affordable housing or clean power sf or sfmta um, it's really an all hands on deck. So I really appreciated um, your attention to the whole ecosystem and being able to um, interview a, a, diver a diverse set of staff. Um, one thing that's been on my mind and it may come up later again is, you know, today the Build Back Better agenda was passed in Congress and is now being considered before the Senate. Um, it's supposed to be, you know, the most unprecedented and, and largest investment in uh, climate and infrastructure um, historically, 
And I'm really curious to understand how San Francisco could um, perhaps channel some of those funds to these kinds of goals. Um, and also look into, you know, and the issue of funding, leveraging our, some of our independent agencies and their um, powers to, um, you know, service bonds and, you know, knock on wood, hopefully in a few years, a public bank being able to also magnify our funds. But I uh, just wanted to thank you for your work. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Fielder. Commissioner Marr. Um, thank, thank you, uh, Chair Chan. And, and thanks, Ashley, for all of your work on, on this. This is really, um, um, uh, yeah, very helpful for you to um, have done this analysis and put forward these recommendations right now when, you know, as the city is finalizing the, the updates to our climate action plan. And I think all of the recommendations that you presented, um, you know, um, are, are really spot on, you know, the, the need for, for funding um, um, or, or, or actual funding to, for the climate action plan and all the, the priority strategies and actions um, and the need for us to centralize, um, you know, the, all the discussions and the planning around the climate action plan um, with SFE playing a, a central role in that. And um, yeah, in, in increasing department support, um, yeah, um, including monitoring um, and our progress on, on better and then and then um, more structurally incorporating racial racial justice and racial equity um, um, into our um, implementation of the climate action plan so thank you so much and I, I did want to maybe highlight take using it as an example I think all of your recommendations are things that I think we've been grappling with already in 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 different around different aspects of the climate action plan and, and so one example would be um, the building decarbonization work or, or building operations, I think, as, as it, it's noted in the climate action plan as a strategy, one of the six strategies. So that that has been, you know, an issue that, um, you know, there, as you mentioned, there has been some some work already developing around, but it hasn't been a very comprehensive and bold um, um, and, and sustainable work. So I think all the recommendations that you had highlight um, how we could make the work that's already happening, whether it's around building decarbonization or 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 moving to, to you know to um, uh, you know clean clean energy um, um, actually in our transportation system um, and and other things. So um, um, I, and I also did want to note that on the funding for SFE, like SFE up till now has been reliant on grant funding and outside funding and really hasn't received general fund support. So that's been a, um, a, a major um, barrier I think for us to 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 be able to to um, to more strategically and, and boldly um, move our climate action work. But in this past year, or the, in the current budget cycle, we did take a small step forward on that and where the Board of Supervisors had two modest addbacks that we put into the budget for the for the Department of the Environment. It, and it's my understanding those might've been the first general fund support that's been allocated to SFE. Um, one, was to, one of the addbacks was to create a climate equity hub um, and then the other addback was um, to to to, um, to support a financing or, or funding strategy for the climate action plan. So those are some modest steps. I look forward to um, looking at how we could expand on that in, in the in the coming budget cycle. You know, per per one the first recommendation actually that in in that you mentioned around resourcing SFE. So thanks. 
Thank you, Commissioner Marr. I, I, I agree uh, with Commissioner Marr that um, it's been a struggle with SFE in terms of funding. Um, and, and the board has been working on trying to figure out how to really provide them the support and move this, these types of um, climate policy um, uh, forward. And um, with that, uh, seeing this, then um, Madam Clerk, should we call for public comments on this item? Yes, Madam Chair, uh, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should dial star three now to be added to the speaker line. Mr. Ignau is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. Uh, please let us know if we have any callers who are ready. Does appear we have one caller. Caller, please go ahead. Yep. Uh, good morning, commissioners. Eric Brooks with the local grassroots organization, Our City San Francisco, and also coordinating the statewide clean energy coalition, Californians for Energy Choice. Uh, just want to first say that I, thanks for the great report and we support all the elements put forward. It's especially important to get full general fund funding for the Department of the Environment. Uh, with the climate crisis happening, that department is the most important one in the city and needs full funding from the general fund not to be dependent on grants and begging uh, to get its funding. Um, and then I just wanted to also say, highlight especially, the most important recommendation is for the community to lead this process, especially frontline communities and underserved communities that are the first, that are gonna be economically and environmentally hit by climate crisis impacts uh, and impacts of the current economic crisis, it's not only key that we hear from those communities, but as those communities are asking us right now, that they, they be put front and center to lead the process and tell us what is needed uh, so that we are no longer doing the traditional privileged uh, white people running the whole show and getting communities that are most impacted to uh, help actually spearhead what's going on so that we're headed in the right direction. Just wanted to remind you of the uh, local build-out letter that you've all seen that was distributed a, a couple of months ago and um, that that falls within this and that's really important and that brings me to the last point which is very important is that build-out and other things that we're planning to do uh, with this climate policy can be done with revenue bonds, which pay for themselves. And what I'm getting at is you build, you allocate the funds with revenue bonds to build a big project, big clean energy project, and building electrification and other projects, and then use the revenues that you get from them. Because once you put in solar and efficiency and other renewables, after a few years, they start bringing, saving money and bringing in revenue. And you can use that to pay back the bonds, and that means the city doesn't have to pay anything. So the, there's no need to come up with a bunch of upfront money to do a lot of this clean energy and transportation and building electrification work, uh, especially if those are all, if the build out, local clean energy build out and things like electrification and transportation electrification are wrapped into that big build-out plan. And folks have approached me asking about uh, doing just that, not just doing the energy that we need, but wrapping in building electrification and transportation, electrification, et cetera. So that's it. 
Thank you for your comments, Mr. Brooks. Do we have any call uh, other callers left in the queue? I believe there are no more callers, Madam Chair. Thank you. Seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. I see that Commissioner Fielder's hand is up. Um, would you like to comment, Commissioner Fielder? No problem. Um, great. And so, uh, Madam Clerk, could you please call item number six? Yes. And for the record, there was no action taken on item number five. Item number six is the Community Choice Aggregation Activities Report and uh, an update on enrollment and service statistics and the customer programs landscapes. For members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2481-940-8777, then pound and then pound again. If you have not already done so, please press star three to line up to speak and the system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait for us to call for public comment and when the system indicates that you have been unmuted then you may begin your comments madam chair thank you madam clerk uh we'll now hear from clean power sf executive director mr mike himes and if uh and i see that perhaps you brought a colleague today uh with you um if for the uh presentation between the two of you to be kept by uh, about 10 minutes i would really appreciate it so that we can allow some questions from the commissioners thank you so much Absolutely, uh, Chair Chan. That's right. I did bring some friends this morning. I'm really happy about that. Um, good morning um, to you and to the other commissioners. My name is Mike Himes. I'm the director of the Clean Power SF program for the SFPUC's Power Enterprise. Um, I also want to take a moment to welcome Commissioner Fielder um, and also the great news of uh, new Executive Officer Pollock. Uh, we look very much uh, forward to working with you both going forward. Um, I do have some slides I'm going to share right now. Commissioner Chan, can you see that okay? Okay, great. All right, um, so uh, we have a crisp agenda here uh, for you today focused on uh, provide a quick update on enrollment and service statistics. Um, and then, uh, as I just mentioned, I'm actually joined by two colleagues, Julia Allman and, uh, from uh, the Clean Power SF team and Lowell Chul from, Chu, excuse me, from the San Francisco Department of the Environment, who are going to be uh, presenting on the program's landscape for Clean Power SF customers. Enrollment and participation in the Clean Power SF program uh, remains stable. We continue to have a 96% participation rate in the program. And uh, uh, 2.1% of our enrolled customer accounts uh, have upgraded to our voluntary super green product. Um, so that's now more than 8,000 residential and commercial accounts that are receiving 100% renewable energy supplied by new projects. Uh, and that also represents about 6% of Clean Power Stuff's annual retail sales. 
Okay, so I'm now going to turn it over to, excuse me, um, Julia, who will uh, run us through the customer programs landscape. Great. Thanks, Mike, and good morning, commissioners. My name is Julia Allman. I am the manager of customer solutions for Clean Power SF. And as Mike mentioned, I'm joined by my colleague, Lowell Chu from SFE. And today we'll be providing a briefing on the energy programs that are available to San Francisco residents and businesses with a focus on upcoming Clean Power SF programs um, and as well as some run by SF Environment and Bayren. Uh, so Mike, if you could go to the next slide, please. Thank you. So first I wanted to start by really talking about the landscape of providers uh, that serve San Franciscans with programs to help lower our energy bills and decarbonize our homes and businesses. Of course, you have Clean Power SF and SF Environment who have been offering energy programs for many years. But I also wanted to highlight BayREN. Uh, in case folks aren't familiar with this organization, it stands for the Bay Area Regional Energy Network. And they are a ratepayer-funded program administrator run under the Association of Bay Area Governments, so a quasi-public agency. And they serve programs around the nine-county Bay Area. I also want to mention that local government staff often run programs, so actually Lowell and his team at SFE run many of the Bay Run programs, so he's very uniquely qualified to speak to that portfolio of services later in the, in the presentation. And of course, uh, PG&E has historically administered energy savings programs through ratepayer funds, including those in partnerships with local governments. But we've seen in recent years, there has really been a shifting in funding away from local government partnerships toward more statewide and regional programs. So that's where Clean Power SF, SFE, and Bayren have come in to really try to find creative ways to redirect ratepayer funds back into San Francisco in locally run programs that are specifically targeted toward our local needs. And with that background, I'll, I'll jump into our individual program offerings. Next slide, please. So here you'll see an overview of Clean Power SF's currently operating programs and those that are soon to launch. I know this commission has received briefings previously on a few of these offerings, and today I'll just be focusing on those three highlighted in green at the bottom of the screen. So the Low Income Inverter Program, our Heat Pump Water Heater Incentive Program, and Energy Efficiency for Food Service Businesses. Next slide, please. Uh, so I'll start with the low-income solar inverter replacement program, and the purpose of this program is to help low-income customers with rooftop solar ensure that those systems continue operating through the expected uh, lifetime of that equipment. We know that there are certain inverters. Uh, it's a critical piece of equipment that can expire or can um malfunction after the warranty expires, leaving perfectly good solar panels up on a roof, but not creating energy. So this program was really meant to help low-income uh, customers bridge that gap and ensure they're getting the full uh, use of that equipment. We have funded the program at about $1 million over 10 years, and it is uh, administered through rebates through um, qualifying contractors, providing up to $3,000 per customer for any repairs or replacements that may be needed. The program is available to residential Clean Power SF customers who have previously received incentives through our Go Solar SF program through the low income um, category. 
So this was really helping PUC continue to make good on that investment and, and helping these uh, systems function long-term. The program will be officially launching on December 1st. We currently have a website up and are engaging with installers and we'll be reaching out by mail to, uh, to qualifying customers on December 1st. Next slide, please. So next I wanted to talk about our heat pump water heater incentive program. I know there's some been some discussion and interest in this program uh, at previous meetings. So I wanted to provide a deeper uh, update here and provide the opportunity to ask questions. This is a workforce development program targeted at contractors to install high efficiency electric water heaters that would replace natural gas units. And the goal of the program is really to address a gap in contractor experience with heat pump water heater technology. So by providing a combination of both training and incentives directly to contractors, we're hoping to increase the workforce that is ready and available to do this important electrification work as customer demand for that grows. I should mention also that this is a regional effort that's being administered through BayREN uh, with participating jurisdictions across the Bay Area, so CCAs and public utilities participating to fund incentives in their own um, jurisdictions. So we have budgeted $450,000 through March 2023 for this program. And uh, one thing I should mention also is the benefit of it being a a regional partnership is it allows us to layer incentive funds. So Clean Power SF is funding $1,000 per unit installed. Then Bay Rent's Home Plus program has an additional $1,000 incentive that gets layered on top of that. And then starting next year, there's an additional $1,000 per unit through statewide funds through the tech program. So that's a total of $3,000 per project that's going to these heat pump water heaters, which at current cost is about offsetting about half of the uh, cost for installation and equipment together. So we are finalizing the agreement to join this program and expect it to launch in San Francisco early next year. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about the outreach that we're doing around this program. Uh, my team has been in touch with the Department of Building Inspections at their permitting office, and they really recommended having some collateral at their day of permit desk to help engage with contractors. So what we'll be doing is having flyers available there that are in English, Chinese, and Spanish. And then once we have signed the agreement and fully joined, we'll be exploring additional ways that we can engage the contractor community on this program. I want to mention also that Bayren Home Plus is co-marketing this program, directing it at homeowners. So they're doing outreach as well in English, Cantonese, Mandarin, and Spanish. Next slide, please. And then the last program I'll talk about today is uh, our food service energy efficiency program. So this program would provide free energy audits and heavily discounted energy improvements to food sector businesses and organizations. And this program was really developed to address a gap in services where there was no longer a good offering for specifically for food service, which we know is very energy intensive. And we also wanted to recognize, of course, the extreme challenges that had been faced by this industry throughout uh, the COVID pandemic. So specifically customers who are eligible would be small, medium and large grocery stores, uh, restaurants, refrigerated warehouses, and also nonprofits that are 
addressing food insecurity, so food banks and soup kitchens as well. And the program would be funded through public purpose program funds. So that's a pool of ratepayer funds that our customers are already paying into as a line item charge on their PG&E bill. As a CCA, Clean Power SF has the right to go to the CPUC requesting some of those funds that we could direct into a local program. So that's what we're doing. We have applied to the CPUC for a budget of $4.5 million over three years. And I want to acknowledge as well, this has been a really great partnership with SFE. We've been working with Lowell and his team who have a great deal of historic expertise running similar CPUC funded programs, um, namely SF Energy Watch in previous years. So they've been really helpful with technical guidance on pulling together this program design, and we'll be partnering together for implementation and outreach uh, once the program launches. We are currently awaiting CPUC approval. And once we get approval for the funds, we'll have to enter into a solicitation and contracting process, which will take some time. So we are uh, looking toward launching the program for customers in spring 2023. So uh, with that, I will hand it off to Lowell to talk about some programs available through Bayran and SFE. Thanks, Lowell. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Mike. Um, and good morning, commissioners. Thank you for the opportunity to briefly present Bay Rent Energy Efficiency Programs. My name is Lowell Chu. I'm with the Department of the Environment. I am the Energy Program Manager. And as you know, as we discussed, Bay Rent represents a major source of grant funding for the energy team at SFE. And the funding is specifically to implement these three programs you see, like Julia said, these programs direct ratepayer funds back to our local needs. So I'll begin with Bay Rent Business. It provides rebates, financing, advice to small, medium businesses, especially important during this time when so many local businesses are financially fragile. Bay Rent Business goal is to support resiliency of these businesses by lowering their energy and maintenance costs while improving the look and feel of the facilities during the recovery. The next program is Bayran Multifamily, and this program provides cash rebates and no-cost energy consulting for multifamily properties, that's five units or more, to undertake energy and water upgrades. And the program assists in planning energy-saving improvements, specifically designed to save 15% or more of a building's annual energy usage. And the rebate is really simple. It's $750 per residential unit. So um, what I would like to highlight in Bayern Multifamily is the fact that it has an electrification pathway. In other words, multifamily customers can receive additional funding to switch from natural gas, space heating, water heating, and cooking appliances to electric alternatives. And the electrification pathway is what we call it, is designed for properties that wish to demonstrate climate leadership by deeply reducing the carbon emissions from energy used in the building. And um, the final program is the Bayron Single Family, also known as Bayron Home Plus. Uh, like multifamily, like Bayron Business, it provides assistance and rebates for home improvements, projects that reduce energy, makes them more comfortable, is not a salesy tool. It also has an electrification pathway program and it provides um, rebates additional rebates for heat pumps, 
um, uh, hot water heater, heat pump, space conditioner, induction cooktops, and the rebates range from 1000 to 300 So I'll turn it back over to Mike to close it out. Thanks, Lowell. Thanks, Julia. Um, and commissioners, that concludes our prepared remarks and presentation, and we're happy to take any questions you may have. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the presentation today. Um, commissioners, colleagues, do you guys have any questions? Seeing none. Um, uh, oh, Commissioner Filder, please. Thank you, Chair Chan. Um, thank you, Michael, Julia, and Lowell for your presentation. I really appreciated it. Um, it was helpful to know how the programs were publicized regarding um, the workforce development. And I was wondering how, um, Lowell, how the Bayron programs are publicized. Um, uh, thank you, Commissioner Fielder. In terms of um, publicizing the programs, um, we do do outreach. What's really interesting about Bayran is, as Julia mentioned, is a consortium of local governments. So Bayran members are county representatives. And really, that's where the strength of our outreach comes from, is from the counties adjusting their messages of the program, particularly to integrate with the needs of the community. What I mean by that is um, each county has the ability to do their own marketing and outreach and publicizing the program offering based on what they see as applicable to their needs. So whether it's um, different um, social media channel, mailers, um, doing webinars, um, and, and, you know, when we were doing in-person holding county-wide workshops. So we're really relying on counties to publicize um, these programs. And I think it's really helpful because, you know, studies have shown and through our own experience, you know, local governments are credible messengers, particularly in advancing participation in hard to reach and disadvantaged communities. So we're really leveraging county expertise um, to publicize these programs. Thank you. Commissioner Mar. Thanks, Chair Can. Um, yeah, really, really appreciate the the updates, all the updates on these these very important um, innovative programs to support um, uh, uh, energy conservation and, and emission reductions um, with our um, residents and businesses. Um, I I just want would like to maybe understand the funding um, um, uh, situation a little bit better. Um, so, so these programs that you highlighted, and, and these are just sort of the newer ones that are going to be launched in the coming months. And I know we have existing ones that were also on that table that you showed. Um, is, is most of the funding for these different rebates and in, incentives and, and technical assistance advice to, to residents and homeowners um, coming from rate, um, Clean Power SF ratepayers? Sure. So of the three programs that I mentioned, the low-income inverters program and heat pump water heaters are both funded from Clean Power SF revenues, specifically from our capital programs budget, whereas the energy efficiency program, we're actually applying to the CPUC for ratepayer funds. So that's the line item that's already on um, customers' PG&E bills on the distribution side. 
in a statewide pool of funds that we're then uh, requesting access to. Mm -hmm. it, it, this is Mike, sorry to cut you off. If I, just to elaborate just slightly, so they're both ratepayer funds. One, one set of ratepayer funds is coming from the generation rates that Clean Power SF charges. The other same customers are paying for uh, programs through the distribution charge. I just want to clarify that all of these are ratepayer funds. It's just the, the um, collection mechanism is a little different. Got it. And 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 these are just built into the rates. Yes. And then the the Bayren the the, the programs that Lowell talked about from through Bayren and and yeah, I'm on the ABAG executive board, so I know. This, this sort of goes through ABAG. Um, that's what is the source of funding for the Bayren program funded programs? That's also um, uh, Commissioner Mart. Thanks for that. This is also coming from uh, ratepayers. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, and is there um, an, an actual budget amount in the PUC, SF PUC budget or Clean Power SF budget for these types of programs? That that's set aside for the for these types of programs. Yeah, I can speak to that, Julia. Um, yeah, as Julia referenced, um, the programs that we just talked about are included in Clean Power SF's capital um, uh, budget. Um, and I want to say that we have about uh, between one and one and a half million dollars funded per year uh, for programs like these in the capital budget. Yeah. And, and these, you know, I think just to connect this back to Julia's uh, comments during her presentation, um, there, you know, part of the reason why we frame this as a landscape is because there are a lot of players um, providing services. Um, you know, ratepayer funds are the source of all of really all of these programs. Um, and, you know, we need to be very strategic with sort of the limited funding capacity that we have for the Clean Power SF program to really fill gaps and be complementary to the much broader array of programs that are already being funded, things like the beta REN programs that Lowell uh, uh, described that are, that are coming from this much larger sort of community pool of funds um, called the Public Purpose Fund. Mm -hmm. and Thank you, Michael and, and Lowell. What, for, for the Bayren pro funded programs, um, what, what's the, the budget amount for that this year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, so, so for our county, um, each county has its own budget for each of the, the program. So for the Bayren business program, um, our county has an allocation of about 1.3 million per year for the business program. The multifamily is about um, just for implementation and administration, just so to run the program, we have about $350,000. And then we have about um, close to a million of eligible incentives for the multifamily. The single family, unfortunately, I don't know, um, but I can uh, find out and provide an answer back to you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd be interested in the single family budget amount too. Sure. Great, thanks. Thanks again for all your work on, on, on this and for these updates. Thanks, Chair Chan. Thank you so much, Commissioner Marr. Thank you so much for the questioning. I really appreciate it. Um, 
Should we, uh, Madam Clerk, should we go to public comments for this item? Uh, before we do so, though, um, uh, Director Himes, I, I really appreciate all your work and with this presentation, too. Uh, I would love to strongly encourage uh, commissioners uh, to meet with uh, Director Himes, perhaps um, in preparation for the new year, uh, when the new year comes, to take the moment if you could uh, perhaps have a one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting with Director Himes uh, just to... Um, learn a little bit about myself included to just learn a little bit more about the work that he's doing get a little bit of background in history and context help us move some of the stuff forward um in uh, i oftentimes have to limit his presentation to 10 minutes and but i know that the subject matter is actually very uh complex uh so sometimes if you you i i want to encourage you to feel free to before or after the meeting to, to follow up if you have more questions as well. And, and don't be shy. Thank you, Thanks. Chair Chan. I'm happy to meet with any of the commissioners. Great. I really appreciate it, Director Himes. Uh, Madam Clerk, please go to public comments. Thank you, Madam Chair. DT is checking to see if there are any callers who are ready to speak. Mr. Ignal, please let us know if we have any callers who are ready. If you have not already done so, please press star three now to be added to the queue. It does appear that we have one caller in the queue. Um, if you could put the caller forward. Good morning again, Commissioners. Eric Brooks with Our City San Francisco and Californians for Energy Choice. So uh, I'm glad that this discussion is uh, focusing on funding because that is really what I want to highlight. Uh, by using the 100% uh, local build-out plan that we're calling for as the key example. Uh, so the build-out, the letter we sent you talks a lot about all the things the build-out needs to do. Um, but it doesn't talk about funding because that gets into a little bit wonky territory and would make the letter too long. But now it's time to start having a discussion between ourselves and with the public about how a big 100% renewable, renewable energy program in San Francisco would be funding uh, itself, and that is with revenue bonds. So for the public uh, to, to, to inform them, what a revenue bond is, is a bond that you put out there, uh, for example, to build a toll bridge. You build a toll bridge with money that you put out a revenue bond for, and then as the tolls get paid for people that cross the bridge, you pay back the bond, and that means you do not have to raise any taxes at all, and you don't have to take existing funds to build the bridge. You just build it, and then the tolls pay for it, and it doesn't cost any taxes or general fund funding. That's what we can do with clean energy. The programs that you were presented with are great, but they're only a few million dollars. With revenue bonds, we can do an entire plan for the entire city and region for local and uh, nearby regional renewable energy efficiency, uh, et cetera, those things all after a few years start paying dividends, getting bringing in more money uh, and savings. And, for, and then you can uh, put on customer bills the payback of the bonds over 20 or 30 years, and it means that there's no higher taxes and the bills don't go up, and the bills sometimes can even go down. So what that means is we can have – a citywide project that is, instead of a few million dollars, a few billion dollars over time to build out this project. The difference between the millions and the billions is crucial. And that's where revenue bonds come in. 
and that's why we need to get this build-out plan underway early next year so that we're planning it out and building it with revenue bonds to make this happen a lot faster. Uh, so I just want to make sure people are aware of that dynamic and that the finally that the Clean Power SEF program used to sort of be the house of the local build-out. However, the build-out, um, the scope of it is getting bigger. People are talking about including building electrification in it, as I said before, and transportation electrification and expansion of mass transit. Those go beyond the mere wheelhouse, uh, wheelhouse of Clean Power SF and get bigger to where the Board of Supervisors now in the LAFCO can kind of take the lead on this. So. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other callers in the queue? does not appear we have any more callers, Madam Chair. Thank you, uh, Madam Clerk. Um, could you please call the next item? Yes, and for the record, there was no action taken on item number six. Uh, and can, uh, did you want to close public, you close public comment? Uh, seeing no other public uh, speaker in the queue, uh, public comment is now closed. We're ready for this item. All right, item number seven is authorization to appoint an executive officer for members of the public wish to provide public comment on this item. Call 415-655-0001 now, meeting ID 2481-940-8777, then pound and pound again. Please press star three to line up to speak. And when we call for public comment, you will uh, the system will indicate that you have been unmuted and then you may begin your comments, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, colleagues, I, I am very excited today that we uh, are having this discussion uh, to the possible appointments of uh, Mr. Jeremy Pollack. And uh, I'm really happy to have him here and thought that perhaps we can give him some time so that he can um, uh, give remarks. And uh, if, there, if you have any questions for him too, then we can have the questions thereafter. Jeremy, the floor is yours. Great, thank you so much, uh, Chair Chan and uh, Commissioners. Um, yeah, very honored to uh, be considered for this position. Uh, my name is Jeremy Pollock, and um, yeah, a little bit about my background. Uh, I have uh, eight years of experience as a legislative aide to members of the Board of Supervisors, uh, all of whom were serving on, on LAFCO. Um, and then the last four years I've spent as an analyst at the Department of Technology for the city and county of San Francisco. Um, and um, yeah, I think, you know, I was drawn to working for the city and county just with the goal of, of advancing sort of transformative public policy. Um, and like with the gridlock in Washington um, continuing unabated, it's, you know, it's more and more important to advance uh, policy solutions at the state and local level. Uh, and I see this position at LAFCO as kind of a unique intersection of local and state levels of um, sort of deep dives into to really important policy and complicated policy challenges. Um, and, um, you know, maybe a little bit about my, my work at the Department of Technology. Um, I primarily worked in our procurement team, uh, working on competitive solicitations and contract negotiations, uh, really learned the challenges of, uh, of how that works in, in government and the importance of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to using that in, uh, in, in LAFCO's solicitations, particularly the, the RFP coming up for a consultant on the, for the, the uh, reinvestment working group. And um, I was also um, happy to work out with uh, DT's policy team on some projects uh, around, you know, bridging the digital divide and uh, co-leading the development of our racial equity action plan. 
And um, yeah, I think uh, I was just really honored to be part of uh, the Department of Technology and see um, how city government works outside of the policies realm and in the implementation realm. Uh, and it's just a really a phenomenal team there that uh, keeps so much uh, infrastructure going across the city to keep city government working and, uh, you know, laying fiber cable to, to provide public uh, um, public housing units with, uh, with uh, fiber broadband internet and um, just learned a ton from that team. And uh, we'll, um, yeah, we'll miss that, uh, that, that, that family over there. Um, and, um, you know, um, but yeah, I think coming back to my experience at the Board of Supervisors, um, you know, I was uh, really excited seeing LAFCO's work plan uh, and, you know, the top two items of Clean Power SF and the reinvestment working group working on the public bank. Uh, those were two issues that were you know, near or at the top of my work plan for Supervisor John Avalos for a number of years. Um, and I think LAFCO is really well positioned right now to, to really make progress on those issues. Um, and want to thank uh, you know, outgoing executive officer Brian Goble for, for all of his work on LAFCO and really uh, elevating the commission and uh, sort of bringing uh, a lot of new expertise and new projects to it. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, thinking back to my time working on Clean Power SF at LAFCO uh, back, uh, you know, five, eight years ago, I guess it was now. Um, and it was, you know, a lot of really contentious fights on, you know, the question of should we even have an alternative to, to PG&E? And, and that really divided a lot of our leaders in, in the city. Um, and I was proud of our work at LAFCO on the, uh, the Internex report, which was uh, studying the job creation potential of Clean Power SF. And uh, was proud to you know work with uh, then Commissioner London Breed, who was uh, you know co-leading on that. And uh, you know through that we were able to really uh, you know use LAFCO's uh, special study powers and to really uh, do a deep dive on that issue and uh, use that to help win over the Public Utilities Commission and <clears throat> excuse me uh, and, and Mayor Lee to 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 lead to the implementation of Clean Power SF. And I think. Seeing now that, you know, 96% of San Francisco customers are Clean Power SF uh, customers is uh, is just phenomenal. And, you know, seeing where the mayor and supervisors are united in uh, looking wanting to acquire PG&E's infrastructure. And we have a new general manager of the PUC, Dennis Ferreira, who has been a leader on holding PG&E accountable. Uh, it seems like a really exciting time to, to move the bar on Clean Power SF and renewable power for the city. And um, yeah, similarly on uh, the public bank, I think, you know, that was an issue that uh, Supervisor Avalos uh, and I struggled with for, for years to advance, just such a complicated issue and really, uh, you know, kind of unprecedented for, you know, so many municipalities and states are looking at how to, uh, how to really uh, to crack the nut on, on the public bank. And seeing the progress that's been made in recent years is really exciting uh, with uh, the working group and the, the recent studies that the city has done. Uh, and I'm also particularly excited about our new city attorney, uh, David Chu, who was um, uh, a leader at the state level on uh, AB 857, the, the new law to, um, to open a pathway to creating public banks. And having uh, his uh, leadership and expertise uh, inside the city is really exciting. And um, let's see, uh, what else did I want to say? <laughs> Pardon me, I get a drink of water. <laughs> it's all good, Jeremy. Um, yeah, lastly, I just want to say that um, uh, I'm also excited to work with our new policy analyst for the working group, uh, Khaled Samari, I believe is how you say his name, but I may be getting that wrong as well. Um, we had a, a tough choice in hiring between several really solid candidates, and I think uh, you know Khaled is 
uh, going to bring a lot of uh, sort of deep policy expertise to to lead that group. And um, really looking forward to to working with all of you. Um, if given the opportunity and getting to know the, uh, the members of the working group and all the various stakeholders on uh, Public Bank and Clean Power SF and whatever other initiatives you all have for for LAFCO. And um, um, yeah, I think, you know, my official start date will be January 10th, but, um, you know, happy to meet with any of uh, any of you all that are interested to to get up to speed and you have any reading material for me, please send it my way and uh, I'm going to be uh, reading up to, to get up to speed and hit the ground running in January. So uh, happy to answer any questions and uh, thanks again. Thank you, Jeremy. Don't give him too much uh, uh, reading material, those fellow commissioners. He does have uh, a newborn that at home that he has to deal with and in a toddler. <laughs> so he, he, he is busy and, and Jeremy um, start day in January because of um, being on uh, on family leave and uh, well-deserved family leave. So we also appreciate you being here with us today. Commissioner, commissioners, um, any comments that you would like to, or any questions for Jeremy? Well, seeing none, uh, Jeremy, we, we, oh, Commissioner Fielder, were you going to say something? I saw yes, you. I just wanted to um, thank Jeremy for putting your candidacy forward and for all of the people who served on the panel to go through this process. Um, as well, we'll uh, want to thank former director, executive um, Brian Goebel for his work, especially um, as it pertains to public banking and, of course, all the other amazing programs. But um, his leadership will be missed. And I'm, I'm confident that Jeremy can actually uh, continue serving the public in this capacity. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Fielder. Uh, Commissioner Mar. Yeah, I just want to add my um, deep thanks to Jeremy for, for really um, stepping up and, 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 and into this important leadership role with LAFCO and really bringing all of your, your, your many years of of work on actually on on the core issues of LAFCO, you know here here in city government and and I also know you didn't really mention it but you've been um, you know a really important um, community activist and leader around these issues and and so many other important issues in our city, so um, I think we're really fortunate that you were available and and um, and thank you for yeah for for, for stepping in really excited about um, what we what we can do together next year thanks Jeremy. Thank you so much, Commissioner Mar. And um, pursuant to Brown Act, uh, I'm going to turn this over to our legal counsel, Inder Kalsa, uh, to um, make sure that we read information into the record for this uh, procedure. Good morning, Chair and members of the Commission. Let me pull this up briefly just to let everyone know under the Brown Act, we are required to make a verbal announcement when we hire an executive um, employee with respect to uh, their salary and benefits. So if you would bear with me for one second, I um, opened a new window and I need to go find uh, the appropriate staff report. Hold on one second. All right, sorry about that. Thank you for your patience. 
is buried underneath uh, all the other windows that I had opened. All right, so um, Mr. Pollock will be appointed to the executive officer position at salary step five for the class 9775 role, which uh, pays $142,584 annually. Um, and then he will also receive uh, city and county of San Francisco employee benefits, including health, medical, dental, vision, retirement plan, paid vacation, sick leave, holidays, et cetera. Um, and then this job classification is covered under local uh, 1021 MOU for anyone who would like more information. Thank you so much. That concludes the announcement. Thank you so much. Um, uh, with that, uh, are there any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item? Madam Chair, DT is checking to see if there are any callers who are in the queue. Mr. Ignaf, you could let us know if there are any callers or who are ready. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. Please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. It does appear that we have two speakers who are ready. If you could put the first caller through. Can you hear me now? Yes, please proceed. Great. Good morning, David Pilpel. I could not be more pleased. I support the uh, appointment here, and I uh, look, very much look forward to the triumphant return of Jeremy Pollock, who will do a fine job. Jeremy's been uh, around in and out of uh, government for uh, many years, is a, a great uh, person, uh, again, will do a fine job. I, I, I think I remember being on a radio show with Jeremy many years ago. Uh, where was that? Uh, 21st and Bryant? No, not Bryant. York, anyway, out, out there um, uh, a while back. And I would just say to Jeremy, don't be nervous, you're doing fine. Um, and and uh, hopefully more people will learn about the important role of uh, uh, LAFCO. It's a very small but Im important function. Um, and I, I look forward to uh, Jeremy's leadership as the next executive officer. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your comments. May we have the next caller, please? Good morning again, Commissioners. Eric Brooks with Our City SF and Californians for Energy Choice. So, uh, Jeremy, wow, this is cool. This is a great surprise. Uh, uh, over the very many, many, many years that uh, we've worked for Clean Power SF and and uh, stuff like Public Bank, uh, it's really, I mean, Jeremy has been a key person that's been there in the middle of it that has helped make this all move forward has a huge amount of experience in all of the things that we're working on through LAFCO, and I can't think of a better appointment. So this is a really great, great development. And uh, it needs to be mentioned that Jeremy is one of the handful of people that worked in City Hall that, um, can, that it can be truly be said of that without his work, Clean Power SF would never have launched in the first place. Uh, people like uh, city city uh, uh, board uh, uh, administrator Angela Calvillo is another name that should be mentioned. But Jeremy was key. Without Jeremy, we probably wouldn't have Clean Power SF. So that's just one example of many of why this is a great uh, hire. And then I wanted to expand on it's great that I didn't know about the Department of Technology experience, but that's really important because one of the things that we're going to ask for in this 100% uh, local build-out plan 
is 100% local build-out of fiber optics to everybody, starting with marginalized communities, because having that fiber optic network in place to every person and business in San Francisco is going to be key to building uh, microgrids and smart grids in the city and having appliances and customers and energy use of all uses all be coordinated together so that they work well. And so that's uh, that's just an added reason why this is a, a great hire for the LAFCO, and I couldn't be more pleased. And I'm sure that my other colleagues in this movement who are not on the phone uh, to talk to you guys would share that assessment. So this is great. And uh, look for I'll get a hold of you right away, Jeremy, and then we can uh, start uh, talking about the build out. And, and and the final thing to say on that is that it, it directly connects to the public bank because public bank will make things like this much easier to fund. And so this all fits together in a nice magic pack, package. Well done getting this position. Thank you for your comments. I believe that was the last caller. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Looks like uh, public comment is now, seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. I would like to move uh, this resolution and appoint uh, Jeremy Pollack uh, as our local agency formation commission executive officer. Uh, may I have a second to this motion? I second. Thank you, Commissioner Fielder. Um, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On this, um, the motion for item number seven, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you so much, uh, Madam Clerk. This motion has been uh, approved unanimously. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Congratulations. And we look forward to seeing you in January. Uh, a note to uh, Eric Brooks. Don't call him right away. He has a newborn. <laughs> but do call him sometime. Just give him a break. Uh, okay, so Madam Clerk, could you please call? I See you soon, Jeremy. Uh, Madam Clerk, please uh, call item number eight. Yes, item number eight is approval of the 2022 regular meeting schedule for members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item. Please call 415-655-0001 now. Meeting ID 2481-940-8777, then pound and pound again. Please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait for us to call public comment on this item and the system indicate that you have been unmuted and then you may begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, as a reminder, uh, colleagues, uh, this is our last meeting of the year of, of, of 2021. Uh, so before you are the proposed date for 2022, I'd like to note that for June 2022, we have a special meeting to approve the fiscal year uh, budget for uh, 22 to 23. Um, and that uh, is a requirement we do not have LAFCO meetings in August or December of 2022. Um, there are conversations uh, that we will be having in January about budget as well with the purpose to align our budget process with the uh, board of supervisors, but technically we, we need to be abide by the state uh, uh, process and the state requirement. So that's uh, why we need to have that special meeting in June to, to approve our budget. Uh, colleagues, do you have any questions? 
about the calendar? Does that work for everybody? Great, I really appreciate it. Um, Madam Clerk, can we open this to public comment? Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item, please press star three now to line up to speak. System prompt will indicate that you uh, have been unmuted when it is time to begin your comments. Mr. Rigg, now do we have any speakers in line? It does not appear that we have any callers, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, is there, colleagues, is there a motion to approve these dates? So moved. Thank you. Second. Thank you, commissioners. Um, Madam Clerk, may we call the roll? Yes, on the motion uh, to approve item number eight, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Filder. Aye. Filder, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Great. This motion is moved by commission was moved by Commissioner Marr and second by Commissioner Filder and and now approved. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you please call item number nine? Item number nine is public comment. Members of the public who wish to provide general public comment on items that are on uh, within the jurisdiction of this board, uh, but on, not on today's agenda, should be dialing star three now to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted in order to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Uh, Mr. Egg, do we have any hit callers? Sorry. Do we have any callers who are in the queue? It does appear we have one caller. Good morning, one last time. Uh, commissioners, guess who? Eric Brooks with uh, Our City SF and Californians for Energy Choice. So I want to flag again for you, especially now that Commissioner Fielder has joined the LAFCO, an item that will get slid under the cracks if we don't pay attention to it. And that is uh, in regard to, and, and hopefully you'll have a future agenda item or part of a future agenda item to deal with this, uh, is the uh, issue not uh, just of building electrification, but of gas, water heat, gas boilers in large uh, buildings in San Francisco, like uh, single room occupancy hotels, and uh, I personally live in a big old, you know, 100 plus year old building that has a gas boiler and piped water heating. And there's now, especially that we're experiencing because of global warming, some very high heat summers that we've had. Um, what is, the, the, there's a huge problem with this old uh, piped water heating system, especially when it's run by gas, and that is that the pipes, you can turn off your radiator, but the pipes in the wall, because they're so close to the wall of people's apartments, still put out a lot of heat. So there have been times I can just speak personally in my apartment when outside, after a heat wave, it's been in the 70s or low 80s, but in my apartment, because of that piped water heat, for days on end, the temperature is above 90 degrees. And, and it's all because of the retained heat from the heat wave plus that piped water heat. So as we start working on electrifying buildings, we need to solve this problem of this high heat uh, these high heat spikes because of these water pipes. We need to figure out how to solve that because this is probably going to uh, hit vulnerable people who have very sensitive health and probably cause deaths 
because of the high heat. It may have already even done that in some of these buildings. So uh, I just want to flag that because people don't think about it, people don't really know about it, and it's something that as we move forward with things like clean energy networks and building electrification, we've got to solve that problem before it starts before we start seeing regular you know heat waves of above 100 in San Francisco so that we're getting ahead of that and not allowing that to cause people health problems and death so uh want to put that on the radar and hope that it gets dealt with in the future thanks thank you for your comments <clears throat> do we have any callers left who who would like to speak on this item it appears that was the only caller madam chair Thank you. Seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. Madam Clerk, can you please call item number 10? Yes, item number 10 is future agenda items for members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item. Should press star three now to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please continue to wait until we call for public comment on this item and the system indicates that you have been unmuted and then you may begin your comments, Ms. Madam Chair. Thank you. Colleagues, are there any future agenda items uh, to note? Um, seeing them, like I mentioned earlier, that, you know, in January, uh, it's likely that our first uh, item for discussion will be uh, our budget, so that we budget for LAFCO, uh, so that we can align with the board supervisor's budget process. Um, so that's likely what we will be discussing. Um, Seeing no other comments uh, from our commissioners, uh, Madam Clerk, um, maybe we can go to public comments now. Yes, DT is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. Mr. Ig, now if you could please let us know if there are any callers who are ready. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line and continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. It does appear we have one caller in the queue. If you could please put that person forward. Uh, hi again, Commissioners. Eric Brooks uh, with uh, Our City SF and um, Clean and uh, Californians for Energy Choice. I just realized there's one more thing to touch on with regard to the budget that you're going to be taking up in January, and that is the uh, the 100% uh, local build-out plan that we're asking the Board of Supervisors to commission uh, contractors to plan out. We're going to seek funding from the Board of Supervisors to be directed to the LAFCO for that. So it would be good as you move forward with your budget discussions uh, to keep an eye on where uh, that potential legislation is going and that funding might be heading in and uh, figure out how to coordinate that all together. Hopefully these will move together pretty well so that by the time we get to May of next year, we'll have that funding available for LAFCO. So I just wanted to flag that too uh, for your attention. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. That was the only caller in the queue. Great, thank you. Um, seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. Madam Clerk, is, is there any other business before us today? That concludes our business for today. That is great, uh, colleagues. Thank you so much. I will see some of you next year, uh, and I'll see I'll see Commissioner Mara a week after. Uh, and um, happy Thanksgiving. And the meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye, you. Everybody.